0: Hey everyone, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. So this is in many ways the most intense time of year for me. Um, it's right before our annual Bright Line Eating family reunion. Um, that's the one live event that I put on each year. Um, and it's basically me on stage for three and a half days. Uh, and getting ready to do that is, um, i is—I'm each year as it rolls around, I'm experiencing the intensity of getting ready to do that. Um, uh, Having stuff to say and do and, you know, lead people through an experience from the front of the room. (sighs) Um, You know, it's so much harder than um, being a professor was and preparing that content. And I've thought pretty deeply about the difference. Um, You know, as a professor, I used to be able to um prepare a powerpoint lecture for example but it was never longer than an hour and 20 minutes at a time a tuesday thursday class would be an hour and 20 minutes and then i'd get a couple days to prepare the next one this is preparing in bulk to be on stage for three and a half days and it's just um it's it's enormously um pressurizing (laughs) to um get ready for something of this magnitude But what I love about it is that I always learn so much because I create content from scratch. This isn't like out of a textbook or whatever. Like, yeah, I read books and stuff to get ready, but um, I create a fresh curriculum, a fresh workshop, a fresh experience each year for the participants of the family reunion. And um, that is another thing that's different from being a professor. As a professor, there was always some sort of curriculum or some sort of textbook. And this is, you know, I create this from... Um, kind of from scratch. And there's always a theme. This year, the theme is self-compassion. And I've been noticing in our Brightline Eating community, um, collectively speaking, in general, how hard we are on ourselves. And... I've also been noticing the research on self-compassion, which has been exploding. Um, since the first scientific paper was published on self-compassion in 2003, um, a thousand papers have been published on self-compassion and over half of those since 2015. So the rate of publication on self-compassion has been growing exponentially. And what we're finding is that self-compassion Um, has all the benefits of self-esteem and then some. Um, Self-esteem tends to abandon us when our egos are threatened or when um, we don't perform well, when we fall short in our own eyes. But self-compassion doesn't. That's actually exactly when self-compassion swoops in um, and buoys us up and um, protects us from the potentially um, harmful or negative um, repercussions of a failure or a setback. So, self-compassion is one of the key ingredients to resilience, essentially. And um, you know, struggling with food and weight, or striving to eat healthfully in uh, an environment that doesn't support that. Right? The current environment is it continues to be incredibly obesogenic and um, and incredibly uh, what's the word? Um, deaf, dumb and blind, like ignorant to um, what it really takes to eat well and to um to avoid the brain damage that comes from eating the standard American diet. And I use that term scientifically, brain damage is exactly what it produces. Um, I, I use that term as a neuroscientist, brain damage is what happens when you eat um, the way the standard American, you know, eats, or the, I guess it's now the global world industrial diet or whatever they're calling it, the the diet that, um, we're exporting as Americans around the world, and we're seeing it crop up in China and in India and um, pretty much all around the world. So um, our culture is still completely blind to, um, not completely, but relatively blind to the impact of the food that we're eating. And um, people are not sort of cognizant of the fact that somewhere between 60 and 70% of us are dying uh, too early um, of preventable diseases from the foods that we're putting in our mouths, and so if you're trying to swim upstream from all that, um, with the social pressure that comes from people saying that sounds extreme, why are you, you know, why won't you eat pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving? That's ridiculous. This isn't a day to diet. Blah blah blah. Right? If you're if you're trying to swim upstream against that current, um, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard, and. It's, for most people, not a perfectly smooth journey. And this is why self-compassion is so important. Um, Most of us come into Bright Line Eating with decades, decades of habits already hardwired into our brain in the form of fiber tracks, cue response behavior associations in the brain, um, to feel certain feelings and eat a certain way, to, um, see certain cues or stimuli, whether it's, you know, the, the sight of a snack bar at a movie theater or the sight of a buffet spread at a Girl Scout event or whatever it is, right? And to behave a certain way in that situation. We come with decades of programming. And in bright line eating, we, um, take on the monumental task of doing it differently, of undoing all that. And it's hard. And for almost all of us, it's not a straight line and it's not a perfect journey. This is a journey on which self, in, during which self compassion is the thing. It is absolutely the foundation for being willing to be unstoppable. Because if you keep falling down and beating yourself up on the way down, it's harder to get back up. But if you learn to be a really gentle, kind, loving friend to yourself, as you bobble and fumble and slip and slide, that's the climate in which getting back up again is really possible and tolerable. Um, so in this quest for not just the attitude of self-compassion, the skills of self-compassion, but also, um, the real psychological substrate that would support self-compassion. I mean, deep, deep down, how can we learn to be more self-compassionate? Um, I've been partnering with someone named Everett Considine i don't know if you've heard this name before everett considine is is one of us he's a bright lifer um so he did the Brightline eating boot camp i actually met everett considine way back um way back in Brightline eating terms way back in 2014-2015 um one of our very first boot campers and first bright line eating employees um lyndon morris del rio um well she's in Canada, so she's a contractor, but, um, Lyndon Morris Del Rio was working with Everett Considine as one of his clients. And she said early on, she said, Susan, you got to meet this guy. And the work that he does could be really foundational for Bright Line Eating. Um, he does a kind of work called parts work and the, the history of it, uh, or the, the, I guess the, the official theory of it or whatever is, uh um, internal family systems, IFS. So the idea is that inside of us, we have a family of parts. In other words, we're not just one inside of us, inside of our minds, inside of our hearts. We're not just one, we're many. Socrates uh, pointed this out. He said, one mind cannot both want and not want at the same time therefore, we are at least two minds. <laughs> we are at least dual. The mind is not one. The mind is at least dual, probably more. Um, so I think anyone who's struggled with food really gets that at a deep level because we can feel inside of us. There's this part that wants to just indulge, right? There's the part that wants a handful of nuts after dinner. There's the part that wants you know, um, the pizza that everyone else is eating. There's the part that wants to indulge. And then there's a controller part that really wants to get it right this time and does not want to go down the same rabbit holes with food that we've always gone down and wants to batten up the hatches and shore it all up and just do it, you know, by the book. And these two parts war inside of us, the indulger and the controller, You know, um, some, you know, if you're bulimic or a binge eater, you might call it the binge part, right? And then there's this part that's trying to like manage it, right? To, to control it. (sighs) now behind that indulger is usually some pain. It's, it's a wounded child part. Um, and I called Everett yesterday because I would noticed my indulger getting active and I, I'd never identified it before, but I was all excited after I'd been talking with him and learning about um, the work that he does with our Bright Lifers. He's been working now with our Bright Lifers. He has a a private practice and um, pretty much all of his clients for the last two and a half years have come from Bright Line Eating. I've been referring people to him, oh, you should work with Everett, oh, you should work with Everett. I did several sessions with him back in 2015. It was enormously helpful for me. Um, and, um, I've just continued the dialogue with him around, um, what does it look like to develop genuine self-compassion? And the answer is it, it, it emerges as you develop compassion for your parts and, and why, why they try to hijack the system and, and, and what they really want, right? Like the indulger, it's not trying to make us fat and miserable. The indulger is trying to make us happy and comfortable. And, you know, the MO is to do that by getting more food, but really that's the aim of the indulger is to make us happier and more comfortable when, when we're in pain. Right. And so once you kind of listen to the indulger and understand what they're after, it's really easy to feel compassion for that motive, right? Oh, my indulger just wants me to be, you know, at ease. Like my indulger wants to take the stress off. Um, and so, you know, that's why it's, You know making me reach for this handful of nuts because it just wants a little you know like the winnie the pooh thing a little something would be nice you know that's the indulger um which you know if you're not um someone who has identified themselves as someone who needs to do bright line eating might be just fine like one of my childhood best friends she eats you know a big cookie or a big sweet thing every day she's always been in a right size body and it's not a problem for her it's not a problem at all um for me that's a problem it doesn't stop there um, and my system, unfortunately, I have one of these brains that's high on the susceptibility scale. She's a one on the susceptibility scale. It doesn't impact her at all to indulge a little bit. For me, the impact is enormous. So I called Everett yesterday and I said, Everett, I've no, I've identified my indulger. Like I noticed that um, instead of eating the dinner that I'd planned yesterday, I took myself out to dinner. And knowing, I did that knowing that I would get, you know, a heavier, oilier, sort of more comfortable, more satisfying meal. It was still a bright line meal. It was all vegetables and some protein. And it was a perfect bright line meal, but it was a it was a meal that sort of satisfied my system more than what I had written down that I was going to eat at home. And Everett said, so when did you make that choice? What was going on? And I identified some stress that had come up during my day. And, um, it's a very familiar form of stress for me in my life. Um, I'm in a season in my life where, um, it's all just too much. Like, um, the motherhood, the Bright Line Eating thing, the, um, and I don't mean doing Bright Line Eating, I mean running the Bright Line Eating enterprise, like just doing it all is just too much. And, um, it was the, it's the weekend before I had to leave for two weeks, you know, not getting back for two weeks and I had to pack and prepare and shoot a bunch of videos. And, um, and then it was Father's Day. And then, um, Uh, you know, there was like, and then the kids wanted all of my time. We, you know, wanted to go to the pool. It was going to be hot. And I was just looking at the day and thinking, there's no way to do all this. There's no way to make everybody happy. Like there's no way um, to do well at all the things that matter to me today. I'm going to have to let my husband down, my kids down, myself down, so, something's going to have to drop. Some ball is going to have to drop. And the feeling was um, stress and overwhelm, but it was also like a feeling of checkmate. Like life was checkmating me, that I was staring into the face of a day that just um, couldn't be navigated uh, with giving the, the love and time and attention to everything that I wanted to. And I felt like I was backed into a corner and trapped And I turned my car around and I went out to eat. And I called Everett afterwards. I was like, I think I know. I think I identified my indulger part. And he's like, yeah, that was it. And what was the pain right before that? I was like, the pain was feeling trapped and checkmated by my life, just like overwhelmed and trapped. And he said, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I can look at that pain and say, okay, can I, can I make accommodations so that I experience that lesson? And, and, in my life, mostly the answer is no, like I'm doing a lot of things to try to lessen my, um, overwhelm. And I keep trying to do them, but ultimately with three little kids and the bright line eating movement, the way it is, um, and my commitment to that, you know, and marriage and my own self-care and my own, you know, uh, addicted brain. I always say having a brain like mine is like having a special needs child. So I don't really have three children. I have four, my three kids and my own gimpy brain. Um, you know, it's a lot to handle. You know, it just is. And what I did with Everett right on the phone was I opened up an Evernote in my smartphone, like just a little a note, like a list that I could keep. And I said, my indulger. And I wrote the date and I wrote how I was feeling, like the hurt, the trapped feeling, the pain that came right before deciding to make a change in my food. And and I wrote what I did, you know what I mean? Like I went out to eat, instead of eating the food that I'd committed, I went out to eat and and here's how I was feeling and here's how my indulger swooped in into a painful, like unwinnable situation and tried to make it better with food. And and Everett said, Susan, now that you see that, that that's your indulger, um, watch and notice whether just being aware of it now helps to shift it. Because sometimes with this parts work, as the self-compassion comes in, as you see in the moment, oh, here's here's me feeling triggered and wounded and hurt and freaked out this way. And here's where my indulger is coming in and saying, let's, let's eat over this. Um, Sometimes just having those eyes on the situation shifts it. And I'm so excited to be tracking this now. This is the work that we're going to be doing at the family reunion, not just around um, the indulger, but around all of the parts. Everett Considine has, um, been putting together a BLE parts map. It's literally a map of the parts that get activated when you go on the bright line eating journey. Like, uh, and the indulger is one of them, and the wounded little kid is another one. And I'll tell you another one. It's the isolator. There's, there's, and the controller. I already mentioned that, right? There's, there's some predictable parts that get activated, um, and are in play when you're trying to do bright line eating, and. We're going to be talking about all this with, with an eye to self-compassion. Like, how can we understand our inner dynamics with the purpose of developing so much tenderness toward ourselves and also with the purpose of living a life um, in our highest, most authentic self, which is something that I feel like I do almost all the time these days. That's why I was so excited to notice this indulger part. And I was, you know, happy to note also that the indulger didn't make me go eat ice cream. You know what I mean? That wasn't the agenda. The agenda was just to go eat some, you know, vegetables and protein outside of the house instead of inside of the house, which is huge improvement. I mean, in the past, um, that same indulging um, part um, might have hijacked my whole system and gotten me to go you know binge on cookie dough, but instead you know my system is pretty well aligned these days and um, so I just noticed that decision to shift my food plan to a meal out i mean the the rationale was that it was more convenient because I was in a time crunch um, but i i I could tell it was my indulger really wanting to ease ease my feeling of tension and and overwhelm. So the, the I is to living happy, thin and free and aware and awake and engaged with our highest, most authentic self. So if any of this sounds interesting to you, um, we're gonna be doing a pretty fabulous workshop for three days. It's gonna be starting Wednesday night, June 27th, and then all day Thursday, June 28th, and all day Friday, June 29th, which happens to be my birthday, I'll be turning 44. And if you wanna join us for any of that, it's happening live in San Diego um, and it's been sold out for a long, long, long time now. However, um, we are live streaming it and there's a button right down below if you wanna join us for the live stream. You don't have to be able to be there live to do the live stream. You will get a recording that you can um, watch in perpetuity. So um, I do, however, recommend that you plan out within two weeks after the live stream because we've developed a pretty fabulous course, Everett and I, and um, we're gonna be offering it at the family reunion and um, it's gonna be starting July 24th. So if you wanna be able to hop into that course, you wanna make sure that you watch the live stream within two or three weeks after it happens. Um, but if you wanna join us, there's a link down below to register for the live stream. Um, I'm gonna be giving, um, uh, a scientific lecture on the science of self-compassion. Remember those thousand articles that I told you about? Um, Everett's gonna be presenting on the BLE parts map and there's gonna be workshop, um, sort of some writing questions and people are gonna get to sort of identify, what's your inner voice like? Like how do you treat yourself inside your own head? Um, self-compassion is a fascinating journey. And in my opinion, there's not much that we would benefit more from than taking a look at the voices inside of our own head and the parts that are active inside of us as we move through the world. And taking a look at um, what they want, what they need, what their agendas are, and how sometimes they take over the ship, just like my my indulger part got my car to drive right over to a restaurant instead of driving home. It's so so interesting how we can get hijacked sometimes by these parts um, that have a specific agenda. And my, my indulger at that moment just wanted me to be um, uh, more comfortable, less freaked out. Um, and so it's, its solution was to take me out to dinner, <laughs> which when I look at it that way, I have so much compassion you know, uh, for that. Like, what a sweet thing, thank you. Thank you for trying to help. In the future, as I know that my indulger is being activated, maybe I'll make a different choice um, so I can be living from my highest, most authentic self and not led around by my parts. Um, I am loving, loving, loving exploring this inner landscape, and I invite you to join us for the family reunion. It's going to be wonderful. Um, And if you choose not to, that's cool too. Um, I'll still be here every week on the weekly vlog, and I'll see you next week.